Welcome back to Micro Queers. It's the <laughs> Chucky edition, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace. And um, hello, everyone who is viewing this, because you can see us sitting here with our brand new Chucky dolls. And if you're listening to this only on audio, um, go to YouTube. It's a reason to watch us, yeah. Uh, so yes, um, for anyone who is, uh, I guess, new to this, uh, normally microquiz is what we do to discuss queer horror shorts, but since there is a plethora of horror television this uh, this season, and we can't all cover it all on the Patreon, we are going to be subbing out our regular coverage of horror shorts for coverage of Chucky week to week, and welcome to the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, if only because obviously we've got a queer horror creator in Don Mancini, but also this show is really fucking queer. Like we've it got is. a queer protagonist, we've got issues dealing with bullying, parents not accepting the sexual orientation of their children, and there's a reasonable amount of camp as well. Very much so, which is something funny because I saw a lot of the reviews that were like, oh, I'm not, it doesn't really like seem very realistic. And I was like, oh my I God. mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me you haven't watched the series without telling me that you haven't watched the series, right? Well, no, but I mean, like, I, I, not to name drop the AV Club, but they were like, oh, like the talent show goes on for way longer than it would in a normal life. And I was like, yeah, but it's like, it's over the top. Like, that's what we're, yeah. anyway, I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself. <laughs> but also a primer, everyone. So we, we are watching these week to week with you. So we mm -hmm. will actually not be ahead. So Joe and I, as of this recording, have only seen the premiere episode of Chucky and we will only yes. be discussing that episode but yes. we will be spoiling it so if you haven't seen it well if you don't care about spoilers and go ahead and listen but if you do don't yeah. listen indeed yeah so today we're only talking about season one episode one death by misadventure in which basically our teenage protagonist jake wheeler discovers a chucky doll at a yard sale he buys it because he's making an art project and uh his dad, who is played by one Devin Sawa with very bad facial hair, does not appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, things get a little bit bad because, shockingly enough, Chucky is a real life doll with a, a little bit of extra kick going on. And I'm like, how do I? <laughs> Come on, Chucky, move your goddamn arm. Oh, actually, he, he, actually, no, he moves pretty well. I, I got I got a pose there. Yeah, there we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's get this like right off the bat, Joe. What did you think of this premiere? Okay, so I really like this. And it's interesting because I saw a bunch of critics are actually choosing to cover the show week to week. And part of that mm -hmm. is because we've only got a certain number of episodes. So of the 10, I think only four were available when it premiered. Yes. But I think this is also a show that lends itself very well to week to week because this first episode gently eases us in. It's yes. like, hey, do you know what Chucky is? Here's a very gentle introduction. There's no Tiffany. There's no Kyle. There's no Andy. So everything kind of. that we're kind of, yeah, we get him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but everything that we've come to expect from this series has been dialed way, way back just so that we can get an introduction to these human characters and get a feel for presumably where the first half of this season is going to be. 
it's so interesting. So I, I really, really enjoyed this. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say it was funnier than I thought it was going to be, but like I had read some of the early reviews. And again, a lot of the early reviews, it's either just the premiere or it's those first four episodes. Yes. So I had an inkling of what to expect, but I just had so much fun with this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a pilot where I was like, I want this to keep going. I, oh, my I'm husband so was so mad at me when we finished the pilot. He was like, can we watch the next one? I was like, no, like, I no, have to, no, I can't. I I'm can't. recording. I have like, to talk about it. <laughs> And it's so funny because in the world of, you know, these reboots of Halloween 2018 or Scream Mm -hmm. 5 being titled Scream, like this is the eighth installment of the Child's Play franchise, but it does work. Mm -hmm. If you're a complete noob, you can watch this and you're fine. Like it doesn't matter if you haven't seen any other films. Yeah, which is actually really exciting. I think it's the smartest move that Don Mancini could have made because it rewards people who already have a familiarity with a lot of this content, but it doesn't require you to go back and say like, oh, fuck, now I got to watch, you know, seven movies or eight movies before I can dip into this show. And it's just so funny with mm-hmm. moments of darkness. But again, like, with Mancini, I always think he he juggles the tones very, very well mm-hmm. because obviously we have a really intense scene of domestic violence in this pilot. Yes. Granted, I mean, it's, you know, not like, I mean, I don't want to like way disturbing scenes, but it's like the most mm-hmm. disturbing thing I've ever seen in terms of this. But like, given the the tone of the rest of the show, it did kind of blindside me with like how upsetting it was and where, where it went to after that. Yeah, so I'm actually doing weekly coverage mm-hmm. for Bloody Disgusting, and I'm going to focus on a queer scene or kind of interaction in each episode. And that was actually the one that I chose to cover this week. Right. And I'm not going to expand upon it because I wrote about it. So please go read it, everyone. take a look at that. But for me, that was like one of the big key moments. And I do think it hits particularly hard if you're a queer viewer because that's like such a relatable idea. And obviously the series is really going to focus on bullying and we're going to tackle that with his school peers and that kind of stuff in the coming episodes. But I like the idea that it's like, we're going to tackle it with parents and then also we're going to get rid of that fucking parent. So let's move on. And, and what Mancini has said is, oh yeah, he, in this first season, which I mean, again, pray to God, we get many more. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the ratings are for this episode yet, but you know, he said, oh, we're using Chucky as a metaphor for bullying, but also he's not the bully like i mean at least as of now he's like the queer avenging angel Mm -hmm. which it's so interesting because i mean you know the 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 lead character is is playing a 13 or 14 year old boy and the actor is of age of with his character but i just wonder like what would it have been like had i like had a show like this you know because you know growing up queer more often than not you're probably going to be bullied Mm -hmm. and I fantasize so much about what I would have done to my bullies if given like, you know, free reign. Mm -hmm. And so watching this show, like, even though we haven't gotten really anything outside of the dad who dies. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see what Chucky does to all these homophobes. Like I am so excited. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Because the groundwork is really easily and firmly laid in this first episode right we've got this bitch lexi who Mm. uh starts to get her comeuppance not just in the science room but also during that talent show and then we've got that other kid who just harasses jake all the time and then we also have his cousin junior who i think is actually the most nefarious because he's the one who gets the pass from everybody he's the golden boy i agree and i can't something's gonna come up with this kid i don't know if he's gonna be secretly a psychopath or if he's like maybe a closeted queer i i I don't know i'm Mm -hmm. excited to find out where it goes but yeah yeah, this is such an interesting avenue to take this franchise and i mean again like you know you having just watched child's play 2 for the first time recently it's like 
my God, how did we, I mean, we know how we got here, but mm -hmm. it's such a fascinating road, right? <laughs> well, actually, we don't exactly know how we got here because if we leave off where Cult, the last movie entry, mm -hmm. ended, you know, we've got multiple Chuckies and Charles E. Ray has been hypothetically put into, like his main spirit seems to be inside of Fiona Durov. Yes. And of course, none of that is in here. So we can anticipate something coming down the road, but I'm interested to see like, how does this Chucky doll fit into the mythology and how did it end up in this small little fucking town that has a history and a tragedy to it? I may have an answer for you because <laughs> they did release the first episode on YouTube and they have an extended version of it. And I didn't watch oh. the extended version, but I kind of clipped through it. And okay. there's basically an extra like eight minutes after the credits of an interview, but with Mancini and the kids and then another okay. one with Mancini and the adults. But he pointed out some Easter eggs. And one of them is in the very, very first scene uh, in the garage sale. You see a okay. woman in a red coat and a red hood and blonde hair. And that is meant to be Tiffany. Oh, interesting. Okay, now I feel like I need to go back and like rewatch it. <laughs> no, I, I felt the same thing. I was like, oh shit. So I mean, granted, he didn't say that Tiffany put Chucky in the, in the yard sale, but that mm -hmm. seems to be the implication that I got. But right. then it becomes... Why this yard sale? Like, right. is there maybe something else here? Because it, it does take place, what, in, in Hackensack, which is where mm -hmm. Charles Lee Ray grew up, as we'll find out in the final moments of this episode. Yes, and I will say I love the kind of gentle homages that we have to horror classics here. So mm -hmm. obviously we're paying a little bit of homage to Halloween with these like mirrored images where it's revealed to be a child version of Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. Uh, and then I also love the gentle alien homage when we see the poor cat checking out uh, what's going on with Chucky. And then, of course, yeah. that cat doesn't last long. Yeah, Mancini also reverenced an exorcism, an exorcist homage, which I'm assuming was the vomit, uh, leading to uh, Devin Sawa's, one of Devin Sawa's characters' deaths. And also right. there are two homages to Magic, the John Voight movie about the ventriloquist doll in this episode as well. Oh, so, okay. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't like doing Easter eggs, because I'm really terrible at spotting them. Okay, well, okay, but the thing is with Easter eggs, a good Easter egg doesn't affect, like, it doesn't affect the plot. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. you, if you know it, cool, you'll catch it and be like, oh, that's cute. But, like, your enjoyment of the episode doesn't depend on you knowing those things. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, all the things considered, I like the direction that the show is going. I like that this was kind of easing people into the narrative. You know, I've got a good sense of who these preteen characters are. I definitely forgot that Devin Sawa was going to be playing twins. So I'm excited to see um, what happens now that we've shifted houses to the much more affluent twin. I, and I mean, I'm not going to spoil what I'm talking about here, listeners, but there is another horror series premiering this month that also deals with twins. And it mm -hmm. was handled it's out today if you're yeah, watching on amazon it's out today as well <laughs> yeah horror twins so hot right now it's so hot right now um i will say though i mean and diverting a little bit so mancini wrote and directed this pilot i thought it was shot really well like there oh, were yeah. so many beautiful shots the color scheme it's bright mm -hmm. and vibrant like it feels like honestly like child's play too like in that factory you know you have all these primary colors but like mm -hmm. a prettier like not ugly version of that yeah, for some reason, and you you may think that I'm completely out to lunch here, but I was actually getting a weird kind of pushing daisies, hyper stylized version, particularly <sighs> when we get to the twins house at the end, like, it's obviously meant to be very prim and proper, which again, is like Child's Play 2, where it's like, don't touch anything in the mm -hmm. house. But it had like a very glossy, very visually yeah. aesthetic look. Uh, it's a little bit like Curse of Chucky in that regard as well, right? 
the, the house very much reminds me of Curse of Chucky. Although I will say, when this was announced, and I mean, we knew about this show almost two and a half two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, God. yeah, because when the remake came out in 2019, and we were all like, "Oh shit! Yes. If this do, if this does well, like the show might not happen, and this franchise might be over." Right, which is why we elected not to cover the remake on the Patreon because we said we are interested to see what they're going to do, but not if it compromises Don Mancini's mm-hmm. plans for where this would go. And fucking here we are two years later. <laughs> but the other thing is this thing, you know, it's on sci-fi. And as soon as you hear that, people are like, oh, it's good shit. shit. Like yeah. that sucks. And the production value here oh, to me good. looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's shot well. I think it's acted really well. I actually really like it from a YA perspective. These characters feel Mm -hmm. age appropriate. So you said, you know, the actors are young, but also they speak like legitimate youngsters. And again, not to shade another show that is out today that deals with twins that does not have a good ear for how teens actually speak. It feels like adults writing teen dialogue, whereas Chucky does feel like an adult talk to a child and says, (laughs) or a teenager, I guess. Yeah. With a little bit of extra gay sass, like when Lexi says, oh, I shouldn't have smoked so much pot before class, right to a teacher. (laughs) So the teacher, by the way, is Precious Chong, who is uh, Tommy Chong's wife, in case y'all don't know that. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, she was was the homewrecker in this movie, Homewrecker with Alex Esso, but she's the science teacher. Mm -hmm. Love her. The, the second the bully calls Jacob pussy, she's like, mind your fucking business. I was like, what? Loved it. Loved it. I love the idea of sassing back at shitty students. And and that's not something that would happen. Again, no. so these reviews that are like, oh, like, it's not really realistic. I'm like, okay, but this is like a hyper-realistic yes. world here. Like, mm-hmm. if you have seen Bride, Seed, and Cult, probably, like, mm-hmm. there is camp. And this show yeah. will have elements of camp. And so yeah. realism isn't really a factor here for me. No, that that wasn't one of the things I was interested in gauging the show on. Although I will say, you know, like the domestic scenes, like that really fucking uncomfortable dinner scene where the twins family comes to visit and it's just like cutting sort of snide, but still civilized remarks. I was like, this is good. But then also we can veer into the absolute ridiculousness of that talent show where I honestly thought it was a dream sequence because I thought there's yeah. no way this is fucking happening. No. And then it is. It's, oh my God, the, why did my fart smell so good? I died. I died. I died. I, it was so fun. And also that girl is, um, I think it's Emily Allen Lynn's sister in real life. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I should have the Wikipedia window. But yeah, it's Olivia <laughs> Allen Lynn. Uh, and listeners or viewers, you may know her sister in uh, Dr. Sleep or uh, right. Joe and I's favorite TV show, Revenge! the cutie pie she's got that baby doll face yeah okay so i I do want to talk about like you know the threads that are left open like you know we can discuss those but is there anything that like like any standout sequences that stood out to you in this episode yeah i think for me it was just it was uh the interaction between father and son that led to like the escalation of domestic violence but i i liked how mancini weaponizes the use of the f slur and again i talk about that in my article but Mm -hmm. i did think that I really liked the way that that felt like both a realistic, very uncomfortable scene where a father doesn't accept their child, but also the fact that we get a kind of fuck yeah moment for Jake where he actually does get to clap back at his father. You know, I I did read your piece before we started this recording. Um, And, you know, we've talked because we don't use the F slur. I think Mm -hmm. we have a couple. I think we have in the beginning. Um, But it's something that I've never been comfortable saying Mm -hmm. until relatively recently. I have gotten comfortable... um, 
and again, it's a personal thing, but like, you know, right. where uh, if I feel like someone is, I don't know, being weird or mm-hmm. maybe like, I don't know, tiptoeing around something, I'll be like, oh, it's right. because I'm a effler and I'll right. just say it. But that's you appropriating it, right? Like reclaiming the power. And it's not a situation like this where it's like, oh, like they're being homophobic towards me. Yes. It's just a thing where I'm like, oh, I noticed you might not be. I don't know like there's something off here so let me just break this ice <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me tell you yeah so watching that scene i was like oh yeah it is a fuck yeah moment despite the fact that he's using this slur and obviously it's going to ruffle feathers it's going to like make some people cringe and mm-hmm. because it's supposed to and i love yes. that mancini injects that in, into this yeah that that to me it's like there's m- little moments where i'm just like oh queer man wrote this like so in tune with the culture and i do think that there are moments like that that we're going to see throughout the series where if you're queer you're going to respond to things just a little tiny bit differently and i love that i love that we're going to get this on a weekly fucking basis well i agree i didn't read every review but maybe there was because they were trying to avoid spoilers but i didn't really see a lot of viewer reviews like pinpointing that scene or the use of the f slur mm-hmm. which i found I surprising because it, it, it is something that is I don't want to say uncharacteristic to this franchise, but I don't really know if I've heard that word in this franchise. Yeah, not in the last couple of iterations, right? Because they're so queer that it's like, who would dare? Like, Chucky mm-hmm. will cut you and yeah. does. Yeah, he does. He kills the cat. Uh, oh, oh, that, uh, that was the thing I love when he's like, I know an asshole when I see one. And he's like, oh, whatever, Lexi. I was talking about the cat, but okay. <laughs> oh, no, the dad. I, was, I didn't mean kill my dad. I was talking about the cat. <laughs> Too funny. Okay, so talk to me about these dangling threads. No, I mean, so we have the call from Alex, uh, mm-hmm. and based on the trailer, I don't know if you've watched the trailer, but it does seem like that he and Kyle are going to be like a secret agents of uh, Chucky murderers. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, they're hunting down all the various uh, iterations, right? Yeah, we get um, Brie, Lexa Doyler, Lexa Doyler, uh, Lexa Doig's secret i'm assuming mm-hmm. which is an affair and i was kind of like oh i wonder if he's dipping back into his curse of chucky thing with like a secret lesbian affair i could see it and i would love that for lexa doig mm-hmm. um, obviously we know chucky's gonna be targeting lexi the character mm-hmm. next but i i don't see her getting killed too early on no i think the kid bully is gonna be the one to go next yeah for sure and then yeah i mean obviously we know tiffany will come back we know kyle's gonna come back we know Nika's gonna come back Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see if we get any others but I mean nevertheless like this premiere satisfied me and left me wanting more in the best way possible like I wasn't sitting here like oh I wish I got Jennifer Tilly in this episode like I was Mm -hmm. fine with it as is yeah absolutely which is super impressive considering we're talking about a regular you know 42 minute episode of television with ads airing on fucking sci-fi network so Yeah. yeah it's checking all the boxes I'm so excited to check out episode two, which I will be doing as soon as we finish our recording today. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, All right, well, I mean, do we have anything else you want to talk about? Nah, let's leave it there. I'm curious to hear what other folks thought of the premiere, so be sure to let us know about your opinions. Yes, please let us know. And until next week's mini-sode, we can cross out Chucky season one, episode one. (laughs) Indeed, yes. Uh, Say goodbye, good guy. You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me?
Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 